Merry Christmas from all of us at Harvest Bible Church to you. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. You can learn more about Harvest Bible Church or watch the full service at harvestbibleonline.org. Praise God. Not the guy you're expecting, and I'll explain. (laughs) Uh, Pastor Mark, uh, actually, so his mom, my grandma, uh, they just, he got a phone call and I think she's going home. So basically they asked him to fly out, so he got a flight tonight to head out there. So it's, uh, you know, just is what it is. So we're going to go ahead and get into the, uh, get into the word if you guys are interested. I mean, that's usually why you show up. Um, are we going to do this whole light dark thing the whole time? I don't know. You can be seated. You can hang out, you know, tell the person sitting next to you you're glad they showed up. Uh, you know, instead of... <clears throat> and if you, if you commuted, I'm really happy to see you because traffic's just been crazy. But, uh, you know, along, the, along <clears throat> these lines, you know, since, uh, you know, in dealing with... Uh, you know, death and different things like that. But also the Lord just kind of spoke to me when I got the phone call at one thirty. when Pastor Mark asked me, he said, you got one more in you. And I said, yeah, I got you. And, uh, you know, the Lord, of course, to just, you, you change gears, right? And, and, and what, just, and this has actually come to my attention often as of late, but the, the words anxiety and depression just consistently you know, everyone wants to tell me how they have anxiety, they have depression, you know, um, and I'm not, I am not uh, saying that those things are not real because I have to take authority over, uh, you know, those things just as much as you do. Not depression, more of an anxiety standpoint, but because, uh, you know, you guys know me, I'm hyper, right? So it's just, whoo, but uh, <laughs> it can get too much, you know what I mean? I can get a little too fast, but, uh, you know, and so I want to, I want to, this is what he basically just threw on my heart this afternoon, and I want to go through basically a Bible study with you guys. I didn't, I didn't prepare something with, you know, well, this is what the Greek word says, this, that. No, let's just do a little Bible study tonight, if you're good with that. Let's just look at, basically, what does the Bible say on how to combat depression? And you say, well, I don't deal with that. Awesome. But I'm sure you know one or two people that have said that phrase to you. So let's go ahead and just be empowered so that just in case it ever, the spirit of heaviness ever does try to come and attack you, you'll know what to do. And then also, uh, there's a scripture where we're actually going to learn where it's at, but it says a word in due season, how sweet it is, which means that God's going to use you, you know, to help set the captives free. The only way we can set the captives free is by speaking the word. You know what I mean? It says in the, and these scriptures aren't in there, but I'll just preach for a second. But it says that he sent his word and healed them. You can't help anybody unless you have the word of God living and abiding on the inside of you. I mean, James 15 talks about that. It says, you know, in the beginning, it talks about him being the vine, you know, the vine dresser says it, and uh, we are the vine and he, we are the branch and he is the vine. You know what I mean? It says that if we don't bear fruit, he cuts us off, throws us into the fire. And we're done. It says that if we do bear fruit, he prunes us. means that that's that whole wonderful part of, you know, being corrected. You know what I mean? So I can get closer to God. You know what I mean? As far as, oh, once I find out that something that I've been doing my whole life is sin, I cut that out. And the grace of God is sufficient for me. You know what I mean? That's that whole part of growing. That's the whole pruning aspect of it, is becoming more and more like him. Less of me, more of him, like the Apostle Paul said, right? And um, so... 
it's kind of an interesting thing because in, in the New King James Bible, the word depression is actually in the Bible one time. Okay? It's actually in the Bible, and it's in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. <clears throat> and it's kind of a unique thing. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. A word from heaven, a word from God makes it glad. You know, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, the two words that, again, that we constantly hear, anxiety, and if anxiety is not regulated according to the word of God, I'm not talking about pills and medication and all that. Um, That's cool if you agree with that. Um, I, you know, it doesn't matter my opinion, um, you know, but I, but for me, it's always a gospel, meaning a gospel. I don't, you know, that's just the way that it is. Um, you know, I believe that God is a, is a restorative God. God is, a, uh, the God, my healer. So if there's a chemical imbalance, God's going to supernaturally do something for me. That's just my opinion. Um, and I'm not anti anybody getting the help that they need until they get the revelation that they, uh, that they need. If you know what I mean, that's honestly the way that I I believe. And if I don't believe that God is absolute, if I don't believe that let God be true and every man be a liar, then I have no place on this stage. So whether you get offended with me and and you say, well, I just don't like that that statement. Cool. Awesome. You can read the word too, just like I do and and get judged the same way that I'm going to get judged. Sound good? Perfect. We're in the same boat. It's all gravy. All right. (laughs) So... In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, though, it also says this. It says, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So those are kind of the two standpoints, anxiety, which, which, which causes depression, but then also great sorrow will break your spirit. You know what I mean? And that's something that um, lived through, experienced, um, you know, didn't exactly uh, deal with with loss correctly when my mom passed. You know what I mean? We're not going to get up here and, and, and share that side of it. We're just, you know, what's a testimony? A testimony is what the Lord has done in your life, not how Satan messed with your life. You know what I mean? Or how good you were at listening to his voice. Your testimony is how good are you since you've been listening to the voice of God because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. My testimony started when I submitted to God through Jesus Christ. That's when my testimony started. Because it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I don't need to know all the trash. What I need to know is how God changed your life and who you are now. You know what I mean? So, that's the, that's, isn't that, I'm just, let's just have some fun tonight too, because I just want to do that a little bit. But isn't it funny how somebody wants to tell you their testimony, but but instead of telling you what God's done in their life and what they're doing, they want to tell you everything that they did before they met Christ, and then, 15 minutes later, don't judge me. I wasn't judging you before. You know what I mean? And now that you, you, know, you say that you're a Christian and we're talking a little bit and you think I'm judging you because, I, because your heart's convicting you, this doesn't make sense to me. That's the funny thing. And every time that I've noticed that somebody said, and this is for somebody, and if you're struggling with this, then you can, you can talk to the Lord about it. But anytime you say, well, don't judge me, don't judge me. The Lord, you're convicted about something. I'm not, I'm not judging you. The simple fact that I said something, because that's, especially in the area of forgiveness. If I say somebody's name and you get all super crazy, that means you haven't forgiven them, which means that's probably what's stopping the blessings of God from coming and overtaking you because you have unforgiveness in your heart. 
I say, let's just have some fun tonight. A little, little, you know, I'm not meaning the metal, but I'm just saying the, the Spirit of the Lord wants you guys to be set free. And he wants you to have heaven on earth. That's the biggest thing. You know what I mean? And we keep, we are the ones that, 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 that stop the flow, that dam up the water of blessing, basically, through our attitudes, through our outlooks, through the way that we act, the way we talk. You know what I mean? That's, that's the biggest thing. God's always just making sure that we stay in line. You know, uh, <clears throat> and so let's, uh, let's get back to this real quick if, uh, and, and then try to stay here, but how to combat depression, right? We looked at two scriptures that kind of talk about how anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So it gives us the answer. It says a merry heart has a, makes a cheerful countenance, praise God, but sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And so we understand just, just through these kind of two scriptures, that the written word of God has been given to us to arrest our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And, in, and what we actually hide in our hearts is what's going to rescue us in times of despair. All right? He says, and we'll get there. I keep referencing the scripture, but it says, a word in due season, how sweet it is. What we hide in our heart. Okay, you know, um, a lot of people will say, well, this is my ministry. This is, you know, whether it's hospitality, kids, youth, uh, music, whatever. But you know that you can't do any ministry at all, even if your ministry is working, you know, cleaning the church, whatever, if you're not full, because all ministry is overflow. You're no good to nobody if you don't spend time daily in the word and in prayer and stay in an attitude of prayer. If you're not communing with God, because you have to be super sensitive to the voice of God or else you're not going to know how to respond. And he says, but this is the cool thing because God says if you do spend time with him, if you are sensitive to the voice of God, he says don't worry about what you're, what you're supposed to say because when that time comes, the Holy Spirit, he said, I'll fill your mouth. That's why you're going to have a, a word in due season. That's how you're going to be able to share the word with somebody and have it actually affect them to the point to where it breaks the yoke or breaks the chain, breaks bondage in their life. Because it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with you being obedient and being at the right place at the right time so that God could use you to help somebody. Like God used somebody else to help you. It's all covenant. It's all relational. It's amazing, right? You know, Jesus told us in Matthew 11, uh, 28, 29, and 30, he says this. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay, this is something, this is fun. I love when I read these kind of things and I understand the attributes of God, like what he actually wants to give me, how he wants, you know, what the environment is when God is present, okay? He says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am a gentle and lowly in heart, for, for I am, sorry, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Again, remember your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit man's made alive unto God. Okay, your spirit man is only weak and, and or or dead if you don't spend time reading the word, because the word is is food to your spirit man. Okay, and the reason why we have to have we have to be strong spiritually by by daily reading the word and and prayer and have our times of worship and all that is because when our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions get all crazy, our spirit man has to be strong enough to arrest it. You know what I mean? And say, okay, you're 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 wilding out right now. And uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute, about confession. But it says you don't really want to happen 
what you're saying right now, how you're responding is not really what you want going on in your life. So you better repent real fast and start confessing what it is that you need to happen. Okay. And we'll get to that. But uh, actually right now, because the second part of your battle plan is your confession. First part of your battle fan plan is, is, is reading the word. Stay in full. You know, uh, it was, it's, Smith Wigglesworth was an amazing man of God, you know, way back in the day. And you read his stories, and you're just, you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, how would God even validate drop kicking a baby and it, and it being instantaneously healed? Like, I would never even think of that. You know what I mean? If, God, if I saw myself doing that, I would second guess myself and probably miss God on that one. Okay? But the point is, you read these crazy stories about what, what happened and how, but you know, Smith Wigglesworth wouldn't allow, back then there was no TV, there was no you know, radio, but he wouldn't allow the newspaper in his home. And he didn't eat unless he read the scripture first. He said, you always got to feed your spirit man before you, re- before you feed your natural man. And, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, so when you're studying these people and you understand things, like, okay, so there is a level of dedication and consecration that, that, that happens, it, you know, and the level that you're willing to give to God is the le- level that you're going to experience his power and his presence in your life. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, anybody's better than anybody else because they don't watch TV or they don't, you know, because I'm, dude, I, I have this, you know, I get convicted all the time and I, I pray about it and I ask the Lord and, and my wife has to help me because, um, I don't know what it is, but those stupid TikTok reels. <laughs> two minutes at a time, and I can lose two hours, and I have no clue how it happens. She, you know, I ask her for help all the time. You know what I mean? Because like, that's not a good thing. Why? Because I know when I, because I feel really bad about myself. Like I know I just wasted, <laughs> and it was an accident. You know what I mean? What I thought was fifteen minutes was was way too long, and uh, so I'm not. I'm not. You know. Don't think I'm trying to tell you something that I, you know, wow, you do that? No, I, I'm just as, just, I'm just as carnal as you are sometimes. <laughs> I get with God, I try to, and then, you know, the biggest thing is, is that I don't, what, what I, and that maybe this will help somebody. I want to make sure that I don't ever get to the point where my heart doesn't convict me. Okay, that's the biggest thing. It's like, dude, you know what I mean? Did I spend more time doing that? than I did studying the word, praying, making sure. And, that, and that's the other thing. It's actually more along these lines. Because the more you do something, <clears throat> the more space you give it in your life. So it'll actually desensitize you to the spirit of God, to the voice of God. So that's the biggest thing is what am I, I just want to make sure that I'm as sharp as I need to be that, because I want to be led by the spirit of God. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to be like, man, I, 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 you know, I don't know what shirt to wear, so I need to fast and pray tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to be that dull. You know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds stupid, but I'm just saying, you know, in every decision that we make, you know, if we're just led by the spirit of God, life makes it easier. You know what I mean? Um, at this time of the year, if you're, if you don't know how to be led by the, by the spirit of God, especially in the Christmas season, then, then you hate life because I'm telling you right now, anytime I have to go to the store, I am praying in the Holy ghost because I want a spot up front. I want my normal, my normal parking. I want my normal everything. I don't want to have to park in Timbuktu. I don't want to fight with nobody. You know, I, you always get tested every day, right? And so you're praying. You're praying that, that you keep yourself holy. You're praying that you get the favor of God. You're praying for the whole nine yards. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, all those things come together and it happens. You know what I mean? But when you're off your game, oh yeah, you're repenting on the way home. You know what I mean? 
<clears throat> and you're just happy that that individual didn't take you up on the invitation. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just the truth. Like, God, I saw you in that. I, I know, I was messing up. All right, so, <laughs> but check this out. The second part of your battle plan, again, is your confession. In Matthew chapter 12, I'm going to start reading at verse 33, and I'm going to finish at verse 37, but this makes a real good point. It says, either make the tree good, it's Jesus talking, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For his tree is known by its fruit. And he calls the Pharisees a broad of vipers. He says, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus is kind of also referencing in Proverbs here, in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, It's one of my favorite scriptures. I learned it as a child. It says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Well, every day, what you're saying, and that's why I said, when you respond to certain situations, whatever you say is paving the road for that to come into flourishing in your life. You're snared, you're taken. You're saying, I'm prophesying. Every, and, and that's what you don't realize that, but you're literally prophesying over yourself saying this. That's why you don't ever want to say, I'm just unlucky. Amen. Bad things always happen to me because yeah. you're calling for those things. You know? No, you want to say, you know what? I understand that trial and tribulations come to us all, but father, I thank you, father. You said you provide a way out. So where's the out? Let's just get over this, get done because I'm blessed. You know what I mean? I'm a tither. I'm a giver. It says I can rebuke the devourer. So Satan, what you're trying to come against me, I rebuke you right now. Whatever's meant for evil, God's going to turn around for my good, the Bible says. So, hey, so even if this does, you know, cost me in a way that I'm not happy with, at least it's going to turn into a testimony that I'm going to be able to share with somebody and somebody's going to be able to, to, you know, hopefully I'll get to say, pray, either pray the salvation prayer with them or they'll have a, you know, that whole, or pray something else so they'll be set free. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing. A lot of times, uh, you know, our experiences are what connect us with individuals. That's what give you credibility. You know, when people ask, you know, I'm just going through this. You know, I say, hey, man, I don't really know what to tell you, but whenever I went through that, you know, I've, I, you know, you know I'm a Christian. The Bible says this, you know what I mean? And this is how I got through it. Well, it piques their interest because I went through the same thing. I just, you know... I can't really relate to how they're dealing with their feelings and how they're dealing because this is how I do things, but my life is better for it. So they're open. And a lot of times you get to pray with people because you're sharing. So, you know, and that's, that, I believe that literally is part of what the scripture meant where what the, so what Satan means for evil, what Satan is trying to do to take you out, to steal your faith, to steal your resources. It says, God's going to turn around for your good. Because you're going to have a supernatural miracle happen. You're going to have something come forth, even if it's just the strength to go to work. Something good's going to happen out of it, and then God's going to put someone in your path. It's called the divine appointment. Because <clears throat> you know that every time that you pray for your, for your friends and family that won't listen to you, or people that, you, you know, that are abroad, you say, Lord, just please send somebody full of faith and power across their path, because Jesus said to do that. Right? Jesus said to pray for the labors. He said the harvest is ripe. 
He said, pray that there be laborers, all right, that the laborers will go out. Every time you're praying for that, you've got to understand that you are potentially an answer to somebody else's same exact prayer. Because their cousin, they won't listen to them, so their cousin, their aunt, their uncle, their whatever, happens to stumble across your path, and you're able to relate to them about something that's happened in your life, now, and then, you know, <clears throat> right there. And then remember, we talked about this a little bit right in the beginning. The whole thing is covenant. God can use you to help save their cousin. God's going to use somebody else to help save your cousin. All right? You know, it's imperative that our confession is founded on the word, and the word has to be declared. Okay? I don't have it in my notes, but I feel impressed to just kind of put us in remembrance. Romans 10, 9, and 10, okay, is, is, is the Roman road to salvation. It says you believe in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, okay? If you don't confess it, salvation isn't solidified in your life. You have to confess. The word of God has to be confessed. It has to be declared over your life. It's not enough to just believe it, you know? <clears throat> in Proverbs 30, Verses uh, five and six, he says this, every word of God is a pure, is, sorry, I have it where it says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And then he says this, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So here's a big thing, everybody. Okay. And this, this is, this may not make you happy, but this is the truth and you need set free. Okay. Don't say, I think the Bible says this, doesn't it? What version did you read? I don't know. What has God spoke to you? Can you show me in the Bible? Like what? You have to be able to speak with conviction. What word has God given you that you're hanging your life on? He sent his word and healed them. Everything that we have need of is in the word of God. And we're going to access it through faith, faith in his word. All right. And that's a, it's, it's a big thing. It says every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. But he said, make sure you don't add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. In other words, you can't say, I think it says this, and you can't make it up. Don't make it say something. Find the scripture and, and, and read it when you're praying. When you're not feeling well, read 1 Peter 2.24. Well, I know it. I know you know it. I know it too. Something supernatural happens when I pull out my Bible and I read the healing scriptures. The biggest thing is I want to make sure I didn't miss a word or something like that. Who knows? Because I'm looking for that, that, that manna from heaven that, that, that'll bring life to my natural body. It says that he'll quicken by his spirit. He'll quicken my mortal body. Well, I got to get spirit food if his spirit's going to quicken my mortal body. Amen? All right. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he brought me that to that because... Again, just going off of lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 80, he encouraged Joshua in this way, and it goes for all of us. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, meaning that it's, you're not going to not know it. It's not gonna not, you're not going to stop saying it, okay? But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you We'll have good success. Isn't that interesting? Prosperity and success, 
determines on, the, on, on, on our ability to be led. And you say, God never speaks to me, then you never read your Bible. Because he says, you know what I mean? All over in the word of God, he says, they will be my children and they will know my voice. How do I judge a word, of, a word when somebody says, hey, I got a word from God for you? I judge it by the word. And even if it's a fun little scripture, I take it back and I go and I judge it. I look for it in context. Because if you guys remember when Satan tempted Jesus, he used the word. He used the word of God. You have to know, you have to be able to rightly divide it. That's why we read it and we read it in context. You know what I mean? We, 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 and if we have questions, yeah, we come, we, we come to our pastor, but we can't rely on our pastor to have the relationship with God for us. We have to be led by the spirit of God. We have to know what the word says. All right. It says, um, you know, and I put it this way. After you do that, after you make your way prosperous and you'll be able to have good success because the book of the law it's, you know, shall not depart from your mouth and you'll meditate in it day and night so that you can observe to do all that is written in it. <clears throat> we'll be able to say this in Isaiah chapter 50, verse four and five, when the, when the prophet's prophesying, he says, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. You can say this out of confidence, meaning this is, this is about me. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Amen. It says, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's the biggest thing. You know, God will get something to you if he can get it through you. It's not about us, it's about others. The more you're about what God has called you to do, Maybe it's homeless ministry. Maybe it's working with kids. Maybe it's, you know, again, cleaning the church, doing whatever. However, you, you know, maybe you're doing something that I don't know of. But as you're being diligent in that, this is going to happen to you. It says that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Someone who's dealing with depression. You know, and if you're dealing with it, then you should be searching the word. You should be asking God. You know what I mean? I mean, it's pretty simple. To, to, to Google's made life super lazy, easy. Scripture's about depression. Search. You know what I mean? I mean, they, I had a whole class on how to, you know, put sermons together and everything else. Now that class doesn't even exist anymore. At least it shouldn't. It's because it's all Google. Google class. <laughs> <laughs> every scripture's there every every single uh i mean i'm i'm just as guilty i'm lazy i wanted to know what my you know i had my strongs and my vines out you know weeks and weeks and weeks ago and then i realized that somebody actually uploaded it to the internet and i didn't even need that so all i need is this thing with multiple tabs <laughs> and i can copy and paste it it's amazing you know they took the hard work out of even what you know again what i had to learn it's great you know uh, <clears throat> so he's giving you the tongue of the learned. You know, Mark 11, 22, 23 and 24, which is one of our favorite scriptures. It says, and Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. You know, that that's really the only qualification, the, 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 the factor that you need to have to receive from God. It says that you believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
Yes, I believe that God is. That he is the all in all. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of my faith. He says that if you believe that, he said, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Talks an awful lot about speaking and saying. A little bit. One, well, I think it's like, what, one time about believing? He's saying, start, start saying it. Start saying it. You know, Abraham took him, what, 20 years to have, to have Isaac. And he was already 100 years old. They said that it was, it was medically impossible. <clears throat> but it says that he called those things that be not as though they were. And it wasn't because he wanted it to happen. It's because he had a promise from God. And he said, the promises of God are yes and amen. And amen means so be it in my life. Which means there's natural facts. But God... Changes fact. Faith is the only thing that can change fact. Because we all understand we're subject to natural laws, different things that happen, you know. But it says that his mercies are new every morning. You call out for the mercy of God. The grace of God. Grace is unmerited divine assistance. Through grace are you saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's perpetual. It's not one and done. It's in every situation. But when you call on the name of the Lord, the Bible also says, there's a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, come and let us reason together. Put me in remembrance. He's saying, hey, I want to know what's in you. Are you being a student of the word? Are you doing Joshua 1.8? Is it actually in you? What type of demand are you putting on me? Do you know what I've said? Are the promises really yes and amen in your life? Or are you just hopeful. Do you just, because it also says that the reason why, and I'm just preaching, but the Bible also says in the New Testament, he says, the reason why your prayers aren't answered is because you ask a misc. There's no faith in it. You're like, well, there's, there's no shame in asking, right? It's just a hope. Yeah, according to the word of God, there is in this regard. There's no shame in asking with your, with, you know, your employer and, you know, your spouse or however you want to interpret that, but when it comes to the gift, you know, to the promises of God, he says, no, I want you to put me in remembrance of what I promised you because I cannot lie. In Hebrews 6.18, is that, that scripture where it says that God cannot lie. He's a strong consolation to those who run to him in ref, for refuge. <clears throat> That's a, and that's a, you know, and we understand that concept because sometimes, you know, we did a poll when I was a youth pastor and we asked, do you think God can lie? And they were like, well, everybody lies. So kids were trying to tell me that God could lie. And I said, do you understand that from Genesis, in the beginning of Genesis says God spoke and it happened. God spoke and it happened. So if, if, if God lies, then the second boom happens and it means that everything is just disintegrated and gone and done because the entire framework of the earth is hinged on his word. We don't, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we're never going to understand it. I'm not even going to promise you that we're going to understand it when we get to heaven. We're just going to be excited because we've, no matter what, we've always been, we're going to, we'll have a creation date. God doesn't have one. So for us, we don't understand that because everything we have has a creation and an expiration date from milk 
to motorcycle helmets to, you know what I mean, to life. With long life will I satisfy you. So whatever you're satisfied at, but it's still that date, you know? I try to, you know, I mean, uh, the Bible only promises you 120 years, so you can't be like, you know, one of these other guys in here that was 888 and 952. <laughs> Say, Lord, that's what I'm looking for. No. <laughs> Say, sorry, the fall. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those. And then, you know, I want to say this because I'm going to, I am going to talk about speaking in other tongues. And this is, this is the way that I read my Bible, and this is, I do believe this 100%. You're going to make heaven and miss hell if, if, uh, if, you have, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, right? that he rose again on the third day, and that he's seated at the right hand of, of God the Father, Almighty in heaven. You know, and if you confess it with your mouth, cool, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to hang out with us, okay? So, so in no way, shape, or form do I believe that you have to speak in tongues to, to be saved and to make heaven. I just personally don't know how to live this Christian life, this life on earth, without being filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? And I don't know how, whenever, whenever bouts of anxiety try to come and mess with me, I don't know how to deal with them outside of doing these two things, but also the third thing, which is being filled with the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in other tongues to where I'm able to, because he says that my spirit prays by his spirit. So when I connect with the Holy Spirit, I'm praying by his spirit. My spirit prays. So I pray out the mysteries of God. I pray, I pray peace into my home. I pray peace into my soul. I pray peace. You know what I mean? Like there's prevailing prayer to peace. That's when, you know, times of prophetic utterance comes and you get to write it down or you record yourself because God's speaking to you. With extended times of, of, of prayer in that, where you're just communing with God. When you don't know how to pray for your kids, you don't know how to pray for a situation, you don't know how to do something, this prayer language is you pray until the peace of God fills the room and you know, you just have what's called, the Bible calls, a blessed assurance. You pray until there's a blessed assurance that you know, I know God's got them. I know God's got this situation. You know, it's, a, it's breaking the power of the enemy. It's a big deal, all right? And, then, and with that, you know, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's what we're looking for is peace, the peace of God. Because the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's peace. That's how he lead and, leads and guides you. God, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, the, of the Godhead, leads you through perfect peace. That's how I know how to make decisions. We were, I, was, I was kind of joking about, you know, driving to the store and different things like that, but, but really, uh, I'm not. Anytime I have to go to, you know, whether it's Target or Walmart or the mall or whatever, I'm always trying to be led on which aisle to go down and which everything, and you're like, that just sounds so weird to me. I know, but I've learned how to do this. Why? Because God knows what I want, and I'm always praying ahead of time. Lord, you said you prepare my, you know, my, my, the steps of a righteous man or order of the Lord. So you know when I'm going to be there, what's going to happen. So I'm, I need one of those spots so I can get in and out. You know what I mean? I need, it's according to my faith. And people say, oh, I want to save my prayers for other things. Well, I saved my prayers for everything. And God hadn't denied me yet. So rock and roll. You can do it your way and I'm loving my way. So just so you know, my way is available. <laughs> okay. 
But how do I know? Just the peace of God. Peace. Yeah, turn here. Oh, okay. Turn here. You know, there's really only two ways to get to my house. Every single day, and if I leave my house multiple times, multiple times a day, Lord, which way should I go? You know? Because when you live rural, out in, you know, out in the sticks, my wife experienced this the other day, and it was just, you know, we had those 80-mile-an-hour winds. So literally, she goes and gets the kids from school, and then she's on her way home, and one mile, literally one mile from the house, the power poles all decided to come down in the middle of the road. So she had to go back and around 30 minutes. So it's, and I'm not saying that she wasn't being led or anything like that. It's just the example that came to my head because it happened just literally like a few days ago. But it's important for us because that's, I, we've had that. I literally remember, I remember whenever uh, the Lord told me to take a, di- uh, a different highway and I, and, I, and I was talking on the phone and I missed it and I was like, oh, whatever, we'll just go this way. And I literally, the, <laughs> the semi that was one that with two cars in front of me, I literally watched him clip six power poles and bring them into the road, and I, and I got to be the first one to stop. So I had to turn around. Again, another 35 minutes, you know what I mean? But if I would have just listened, I could have laughed about that when I read about it. You know what I mean? Not laughed about the calamity, but like, praise God, I missed that. You know what I mean? But that's, that's all part of it. It's just God saying, hey, yeah, I understand that your time is valuable and that you don't want to be, I don't want you frustrated. No, one, no one's enjoying life frustrated, so rock and roll, you know? Romans eight fourteen, for as many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit as bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. All right? Led by the Spirit of God. And the last scripture, oh no, I have a couple more real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's the biggest thing. One half fun. All right? And the Holy Ghost is, is fun. So that's the fun part. So if, you wonder, if you're wondering why people are so starchy, so uptight, you know, and want, and want to try to use the scripture to put you in bondage because they need to feel it with the Holy Ghost because they haven't been able to party. The third member of the Godhead is the one, the Lord God, our creator, the one that knows how to have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? God's up there, you know, he, and he deserves our, our, our worship and our honor and our praise. And Jesus said, hey, I came to reveal him to you, to show you the life and the nature of God, that he has, the, you know, he wants to set you free. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants to spend eternity with you. That's what Jesus literally told his disciples. They said, when are you going to show us the Father? He goes, have I not been showing you him? I've revealed him to you. And Jesus is the one who said, he says that God's looking for true worshipers that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Even when somebody said, Jesus, you're good. He says, oh, no man is good, but God. So we know that Jesus came to point us. Jesus is our bridge. Jesus is, is, is just as much, you know, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But God the Holy Spirit is the Lord God, our creator. That's the one that you, need, that you need to have a divine connection with because it says the Spirit of God leads and guides you unto all truth. All right? It says that, you know, it's an it, important aspect of it. It said that the Spirit, you know, that's the one that's also, you know, identified with as the Spirit, like the dove. Well, when, 
When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, he said the Spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove. It was the Holy Spirit that came and empowered him. The same thing happens to you and I. When we're baptized with the Holy Ghost and we speak with other tongues, it's the Holy, we get a, a supernatural indwelling from the Holy Spirit, and it, it, and it takes our you know, sensitivity levels up, and, and there's also there's a freeing aspect of it too. Because then again, we can sense the power and the presence of God. There's no, we know his voice. It's an amazing thing. All right. Um, And that's Jude chapter one, verse 20. There's only one chapter. In 21, he says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. So I'm telling you right now, if you're, if you're building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, he says, what that's going to do is keep you in the love of God. Faith works by love, the Bible says. It says, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. It's another scripture. He's saying that everything, everything is how you respond. You're going to respond out of God's love, out of agape love, out of, out of, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of, of love, but God's saying perfect, you know, Perfect love casts out all fear, too. He just brought that, spirit, that, that scripture up. And depression and anxiety is root as fear. He says, perfect love casts out all fear. When you know that God loves you, he loves you enough not to let you stay the way that you are. Not to make, you know, not, to, not, to, not for you to say, well, this is what I believe. Well, if that's what you believe, then hopefully you can back it up with a lot of scripture in context. Not manipulating the Bible to try to say what you believe. Because when you read the Bible and you start to read what people, it says in the last days, these people are going to do this, they're going to do that. They're gonna, everybody's doing it. They say, well, my truth. You don't have no truth. There's one truth. It's the word of God. Say, well, God knows my heart. I know he sure does. And it's rebellious toward him. And that's witchcraft. I feel sorry for you. For the judgment that you're calling. It's just like me not going to work and expecting a paycheck. No, the judgment that I'm calling for is a pink slip. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't get to make it up. I get to, I get to you know, totally line my life up with the word of God. You know? And then, you know, how do I know? How do I know... Uh, one of the biggest things that, it, that the Lord just kind of said to encourage you guys on is meditate on the fruit of the gifts of the, the fruit of the spirit. Meditate on the fruit of the spirit. And that's in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. And it says what? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So if you know that you're operating in the power and the presence of God, that you're, that you're a son of God and you're led by the spirit of God and you're saying, hey, he's leading me. These are the situations that are going to be that are be taking place. This is the environment that you're going to operate in. All right? Because the second that you get placed in, a, in, a, in the midst of chaos, what are you there for? You're there to declare peace. It's your zone now. We're not going to do this. There's strife, there's vengeance, because Satan loves strife. He says where strife is every evil work. So if you go into an, into an environment where there's just strife, you, you better understand that you're there by design. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Even if it's just to simply spiritually take authority over the spirit that's being, that, that, that everyone's yielding to, 
saying we're not going to have this. In the name of Jesus, we just take authority over it right now. We don't have to be loud about it. We could do it under our breath. We could do it in the bathroom. But the second we step back out, you know, whether, especially if it's at work and things are just not, it's, you know, what I hate is when people are bickering and I know that this is going to keep me longer than I need to be here. So I take authority over that. Pray, for, pray over everybody under my breath, by myself. I go walk away, do whatever I got to do. And when I come back, everybody's nice to each other. We get exactly done what we need to get accomplished and we go home. You can be mad at home. But when I'm here, we're going to be productive and happy. We're going to get some stuff done. You know what I mean? Because I need to be home with my family, not with you. I don't like you. <laughs> All right. Like I said, we had a little Bible study this evening. I appreciate you guys letting me come up here and hang out with you. Um, I think we're, let's just pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to, to just gather together around your word, Father, and just to, to be encouraged and be uplifted and to be fed, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, that I believe I spoke something, hopefully, that, that every single one of us, us in this room, Father, can take home and, and just, even if it's just something that you wanted to, um, to instigate a further uh, discovery on, meaning that I said something that's going to make them jo- go to their Bibles, Father, and, and actually just just meditate on it and discover it. Whether it's either to prove me wrong, that's fine, Father. I don't care. As long as they're diving into the Word of God, into their Bibles, then, I'm, then let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, if there's anybody in this room that's not, that has not accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, we just give you an opportunity right now, if you just want to raise your hand as high as you can, and I'll, we'll lead you in a prayer. That's as simple as it is, is that you have to believe in your heart, but the second part is confession. You confess it with your mouth. So I believe everybody here is saved. Um, if uh, you can always contact the church, all you guys watching on YouTube, if you want to know how to, the prayer of salvation, go ahead and contact the church. Somebody will definitely uh, walk you through that and get you some resources and help you out.